0: Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another episode, an amazing one with a beautiful human being, one who for a long time, I actually thought I knew because I had heard so many beautiful things about her and actually have sent people, you know, her direction in her work. And we're gonna hear all about that today, but I want you to give a loud roar, scream, round of applause, jump out your seats, whatever it is you do when you see somebody you're excited to see, because today we have with us Grace Kelly all the way from Italy, one of the most beautiful places in the world. Let me just start with that. Um, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing good today. Thank you, Rob. It's lovely to be here. Evening time in Italy and morning time for you.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Super early for us, but we make it. We make it. Italy is one of the places you always want to be, whether in person or virtually. So I'm up and at them no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going- what's the weather like over there today? What's it like?
1: It's lovely. It's actually, well, I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit, but it's 15 degrees and sunny. So the winters here where I am in southern Italy don't tend to get very cold.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, I've just come back from Ireland where I'm from and I had two weeks uh, for Christmas and I came back just delighted to come back to Sunshine after two weeks of really cold <laughs> I
0: know, that's right. <laughs> well, before I get too far... Um down in the episode I want you to take a minute and just kind of introduce to the listeners you know Grace Kelly as you see yourself um, and go as deep and as far as you want but this is kind of like I've found to be the best way for people to really connect is for you to explain to them rather than read you know a few accomplishments you may have had in your past
1: yeah well wow it's quite a big question but if I had to introduce myself I think I would I would um, describe myself as someone who's constantly in reinvention and on the verge of change and really enjoying that. Um, I'm a coach. I've been in the world of the principles for seven years since doing my apprenticeship with Michael Neal back in 2016. And I know for you, that was a game changer, Rob. And for me too, it was just... It was a complete change of identity i went from being someone who was extremely dependent on outside circumstances looking a certain way in order for me to be okay to today just being much more at ease much more at peace within myself within my environment um, I I just love the fluidity of the fact that we're always changing and at any moment we can have a level of consciousness uh, jump that gives us a whole new perspective about ourselves. So I'm someone today who's a lot gentler on herself compared to what she used to be and a lot less of a perfectionist. I still like things to look a certain way and be a certain way. I've got very high value on style and well-being hence italy is just a lovely place for me to live (laughs) that hasn't changed but but my life is a lot more graceful than it used to be having this understanding and i love just i just love sharing that with my clients and and anybody i I meet and in interviews like this
0: yeah no i I love that and and kind of what I would like for you to shape for me is, you know, most of the people who've heard the episodes know my way of when I hit, you know, the big homie Michael, is I call it, <laughs> when he kind of hit me with that. But talk to me, like, what was it like? Because for me, it it felt like I was losing my world because of the things that were falling away that I once thought were super important.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's a typical experience, isn't it? When we begin to see the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, similarly for me, I, there was a period of uh, exhaustion. I remember Michael saying to me, <clears throat> you know, Grace, don't be surprised if you find yourself on the couch for six months because you don't realize you've been living on fumes for the last 30 odd years.
0: Mm-hmm. I was
1: hard working and determined and ambitious. And I really thought that to create success in a coaching business, You just simply had to be the best and work harder. So I was up against a lot of beliefs. Um, And so when he said that to me, I was kind of relieved because I would go on our retreats and intensives together and I would find myself really sleepy. And I'd be thinking, gosh, I'm flying across the world to fall asleep. (laughs) <laughs> but what was, what was happening, Rob, is that actually um, my mind was uh, getting free from the noise, and it was finally quietening down. And with that, I felt tired. And I and 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 he was right. You know, as you described it as you know losing the grip on your world. I kind of ended up losing. A bit of energy for a while but that energy as it turns out was just hard work and adrenaline yeah. that was not in my favor for years yeah. so so i didn't know myself I, I remember waking up on the couch on numerous occasions and thinking where has my ambition gone like what's next where i used to kind of know what i wanted but seeing what i saw as to how the nature of thought was at work and how my insecurity was playing out in the form of chasing success in a, yeah. in a certain way it just didn't make sense anymore so i did feel a bit lost for a while and uh, rightly so as michael told me i went you know i went down into that tired space for a while and that losses and then as he predicted i took off and oh, yeah. i did take i took off in a very new way, a new way of operating in my business, a new way of operating in the world. The world responded in kind. And I've been just doing very well without burning out ever since.
0: <laughs> I love that part, without the burnout, right? Because it's you've tapped into this source that has no limits.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: so yeah, so burnout doesn't even exist when you're you're experiencing in life like this. So talk to me about the business piece. You said it, I, you know, it changed. What was something that you saw significantly change in your
1: business? Uh, you know, this occurred to me recently, Rob. I used to think about my business all the time. And nowadays, I don't. And yet, I'd say I'm more successful than I've ever been.
0: Yeah.
1: So I had a lot of um, mind chatter in the form of what I should be doing to increase my business, build my business, make more money, be more successful. And that just seemed to really fall away as I got more and more connected to my true nature and more and more trusting that life would give me the download and the direction. My only job was to be an open vessel to that, not crowd my mind with more ideas. See, the way I operate nowadays is, and I'm not saying this is the way to do it, but this is what's so different for me is, I will literally hear a program or in my mind, I'll hear the name of a program I'll get the idea for a direction. And that is so different to thinking up. I I would describe it as nowadays I'm getting down what needs to happen in my business instead of thinking up what I should be doing in my business.
0: I love that. I absolutely love that story. Because I, um, as a, a youngster or new to the principles, as some say, uh, one of the unique blessings that I have is that a lot of my mentors are significantly older than me. So the Christine Heast, the, the Dickens, the, the Judies, the, the Pranskys, you know, they're older and they've been around this for much longer. And I remember not too long ago having a conversation with them and they were talking about slowing down. And I was like, no, 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 we need to speed up. Go, go, go. You know, I was ready to, you know, run full speed to save the world. But kind of like you said, I was thinking up everything. Oh, we could do this. Oh, we could do this. Oh, we could do this. We should be doing this. We should be doing this. We should be doing this. We We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, you know, all of that. And I love how they, they, being a part of this board has been like nothing I've experienced before in, in a bunch of different ways. But this mainly because it's a demonstration on the three things I think create healing for people. One is unconditional love. Like they let me be me as fast as I want to spin. I'm probably I probably look like the Tasmanian devil to some of them, you know, spinning just the cartoon character that spins, spins, spins so fast. Ah, oh, but they love me. They just they still just love me. Second is a safe space. At our meetings and stuff, I get to say it, even if it's not the direction or maybe not what I get to say it. Right, I I'm free to do that. And the last one is a guide. You know, somebody kind of point you and they do that as well. And the thing they pointed to me recently, you know, to, to tie it up to your story was to slow down. And for the life of me, I couldn't understand how slowing down would mean more action until I did. And when I slowed down, I think I started getting, as you said, some of the first programs that were coming to me that weren't thought of. They were the programs that fit most. They were most authentic to me. They were as closest to me in this understanding as I could possibly get when talking about them. And at that point, it's like, oh, it's a no-brainer. Well, what about personally? What personally changed?
1: I definitely stopped living life with a gun to my head.
0: Ooh, I like that. Tell me more about that.
1: Um personally I was a very urgent everything was very urgent all the time with me. I just I just lived in a lot of speed so there wasn't a lot of enjoyment of life. Yeah. No. And and that was living life with a gun to the head. So a bit like yourself there Rob, you know. I got freedom from that gun and I began to literally live in more feelings of enjoyment in the moment, present, slower. And now I can really notice when the gun's back against my head. You know, I can really, <clears throat> I'm, I'm very good at discerning when I'm back in urgency and stress. One of the biggest things that happened for me was I stopped leaving my relationship. So up until I came across the principles, I had a lot of toing and froing in my in my relationship with Francesco, my partner, and you know, I again there was a gun to my head about is this the right relationship? Is this the right man? Am I in the right place? Am I doing the right thing? So we had a lot of disruption for a number of the early years. And that all settled down. I fell into feelings of presence and love. We got stronger together. We stopped being up against each other. Like, let's just say there was more goodwill present. There was more deeper connection. And it, it stopped making sense to me to run away as a solution. And eventually we got engaged. And we were engaged for uh, a couple of years before he suddenly passed away in 2020 uh, due to a heart attack. Um, So I'll be forever grateful that the remaining years of my relationship with Francesco were the best years because of understanding what we understand.
0: Oh my God, that's such a, a beautiful description of how powerful this understanding can be. Um, you said two things, or two things popped to me. First was that you said you begin to have the discernment when the gun was back to your head. That Why I love that is because recently here I've had an insight I used to think discernment had something to do with me understanding what was happening out in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, I could discern another individual's behaviors and actions. No, that's just a thought I had. (laughs) What discernment is, is the ability to know at that moment exactly where you are Mm -hmm. or exactly what's going on with you. You know, and I was like, oh, that makes discernment all the difference, you know, because if I am aware when the gun is to my head, when I am aware, I'm overthinking, I'm thinking up, I am creating this, or I'm, that's very helpful for me to go, oh, I could slow down and stop, mm-hmm. right, that's, that's the first thing, that that step, so I love that, and the second thing was similar to uh, the story you were sharing, my grandmother, my mom had me when she was, um, uh, her senior year of high school. And so my grandmother did a large chunk of the raising of me in my early years. Uh, And then me and my mom kind of, she was so young. We just always are similarly in the same generation, so to speak, almost. Um, But something happened about three years of me being in the understanding. And that was um, my grandmother telling me I didn't have to check in with her as much anymore. And at first I thought it was like, wait, I didn't understand what she meant. I was like, no, mom, I want to talk to you. I wanted this. But she was saying, I could see it from the smile on your face that you've seen God was her words. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to spend the rest of my time trying to make sure all my other babies can have that same thing. So you don't have to call and check in as much. She literally said, I'm not worried about you anymore. and i didn't know it i sat down and didn't know the tension i carried of just making sure she knew i was okay because that was if i go back and think about it that's my whole life when i was an inner city kid she worried when i got into gangs she worried when i started playing around with drugs she worried when i went into the military Oh, did she worry? Because at that point I went right there in front of her and i had never noticed my whole life, her love for me was also steeped in worry and now she didn't worry anymore. Mm-hmm. When I call her, all she do is giggle. Like that's all she does now. She doesn't have anything to talk about because most of her conversations are trying to give wisdom. She, do- she just be wanted to talk about the most randomest thing because she's just like not worried in that moment. And that's what I kind of heard that you got a feeling of also was like, no regret, no anything. It, we've shared the love unconditionally between the two of us. What else is there?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's beautiful what you described there about um she knew that you could you had seen God. You know, one of the things that was most surprising to me, Rob, was in Francesco's death, I was completely overcome by a feeling of love. And I think that up until that point, I I was trying to understand love intellectually, trying to understand God intellectually. But in finding his dead body. I. I have no fear of death. I feel like I touched a space of divine love that completely surrounded and supported me and carried me for weeks after his death. But it, it was like seeing the truth about God, like there's nothing to fear. And I obviously I would heard Sidney Banks talk about his experience and talk about um, finding the true meaning of God. But up until Francesco's death, I didn't have an experience of God that I could really deeply trust and rely on. Yeah. Here I was faced with this huge loss, challenge, shock. And it, there was just God and love. It's just incredible.
0: Yeah, uh, that's... um. I've heard before, and and it may not be 100% true, but I I love the the essence of what it was pointing to when, when I heard the individual say it. There are two times when human beings most definitely see God. In birth and in death. It's the one thing we know that happens after creation, no matter what. None of the relationship, none of the accolades, the achievements, the certifications, the accomplishments, those are at no point attached to the life. Whichever ones you choose to go after, great for you. But there's one thing that we know happens in that narrative and that storyline and that's death. You know, my nephew was 11 months when he died, but the ripple effect of what happened after with the families letting go of decade long issues and coming together with tears and love and joy and compassion, and I think it's been three years now, and that's still going.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it wasn't one of those. Oh, we feel good in the moment. We no, that's still going to this day. Um. So wow, I just I, I really appreciate you sharing that. What right now are, is Grace most passionate about sharing?
1: I'm I'm really passionate about taking care of myself at the moment. Okay. And teaching others the beauty in that and how it's not selfish.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I've come back to to my home in Italy with my dog. And I'm just really passionate about lighting the candles and being cozy, listening to truth. I listen to Sid most days, watching Netflix as well cooking warm, delicious foods, and just just kind of, I think, if is the description knuck, knuckling down a bit on taking care of self with a capital S. I mean, I don't just mean self-care as in massages and sleeping eight hours and, you know, getting out for a walk. I'm really talking about, I'm really lit up by and interested in getting deeper and more connected to self with a capital S. Yeah. And part of that has come after a period of being so worried about what everybody else needed, especially after Francesco's death, that I that I just wasn't taking care of self. Mm-hmm. And part of this is coming from that deeper understanding that Restfulness gives us respite from worry, insecurity, grief. And so often we're so hard on ourselves about taking a break, doing things slowly. It's really interesting to me, Rob. Like I absolutely love Reese Witherspoon as an actress and Mm -hmm. I really Love everything she does. And I watched an interview with her the other day, and she was with Jennifer Aniston. And it was very interesting. Like they said, one of the questions was, What's your ideal day? And they both said, Oh, a day where nothing is scheduled and we can just do what we want. And it hit me. That's my typical day. Like, how grateful am I, and how blessed. Away to not be so over-scheduled. Now, I'm sure some people listening to this are over-scheduled. Just want to say, I used to be too.
0: Me too, as well, me as well. <laughs>
1: but this understanding, you know, it, it even if our schedules are full, it helps us be in the moment enjoying our lives. And so... Now my typical day, compared to the older days, is just lived in a slower, more graceful way. I'll wake up in the morning, I'll listen to, to truth. I'll start my day in a way that sets me up with a little co- more quiet. I'm really interested in taking care of myself with a capital S in that way. I think that helps us as coaches, also give to our clients the more filled up we are absolutely and then i'll, then I'll walk my dog and i'll go for a coffee and i'll you know I, I might i might go to the beauticians or i might go and meet a friend and then it's lunchtime and then i'll work in the afternoon with my clients online and uh i might have a siesta before that if i want to like i the old me was just go, 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 push, 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 yeah. fill up every space, over-schedule yourself, over-extend yourself. There was no room for self with a capital S. Yeah, so you've caught me in a moment where that's just becoming more and more important in my life.
0: Uh, I Man, it, I, I guess that's part of the reason I felt like I always known you, Dan, because one of the, the first things I talk about with clients is before it becomes natural, and this may be, I know some people may hear this and like, oh, he's telling them what to do. And I was like, yeah, I am. I tell my clients, hey, prioritizing self-care is a must for all of this. Like the, that's the number one rule I got. Probably the only rule is prioritizing self-care. Like it has to make sense. And like you said, capital S. You know, when I really fell into the sense of knowing how to take care of myself, things got less expensive. Like, it it, it was like my go, 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 what the budget was when I go, go, go to take care of myself had to be significantly higher because I was using, like you said, all the external measures. I would go to get the massages. I would do all the different things. But when I learned to take care of my insights, my spiritual being, and, and, and let that rest, I didn't need to go out and do all of those different things, which at that point saved money. So it was kind of like, oh, you know, here again, you know, less is better in a sense, the slow is faster, or or you know, however. So I, I love that. Um, I, I really, really have enjoyed you you being here and and thank you so much. And I know the listeners are going to to enjoy, but I do want to set you up to kind of just talk. Um, to the community with your words that you would like to share with them um, and also share where they can find you. So I, again, I, I thank you for being here. Um, and yeah, if you just want to take us out with some some more beautiful words or expressions that you have done already for the time we've been together.
1: Well, thank you, Rob. I mean, it's it's just been a pleasure to be speaking with you and to be able to share like this. I think what I'd love to just say to listeners is, well, there's a couple of things. The first is you'd be surprised at how what you understand so far will carry you through any challenge you face. So even if your mind has a tendency to preempt what might happen next or worry rather, worry about what's going to happen next, i just love for everyone to know that if you've been listening to truth, if you've been engaging this conversation, if you've been enjoying Rob's podcast, you know, you really don't have to worry because in the moment you have access to this deep well of being, love and wisdom. And sometimes it's in the face of such loss or challenge or upset that we finally realize that we finally see how well supported we are how well taken care of we are by our spiritual self we can depend on this spiritual self we can trust the spiritual self and that's why we want to take care of this spiritual self Not just the body and how we look or, you know, not just the diet and how we eat and not just the finances and how much we make, but rather just enjoy getting into connection and cultivation with this, cultivating this relationship with your spiritual self, because it it won't steer you wrong. And it really really does come through. Piggyback on my faith if you have to. But it really does come through in some of life's most difficult moments. You know? Um, Sometimes that's just when we see it, when we just really, really need to see it. I mean, I hope that's helpful to people. We're not alone. Rob, I like to call it my spiritual team, actually. self, but I feel like it's my it's a spiritual team we all have. And so if you're listening and you feel alone right now or you're pushing through life, you know, life's all on you to get stuff done There's a whole essence of energy and vitality and well-being and spiritual love available for. you lean on it, ask for its help, Let yourself be supported by it. It is you. It's all around you. If you'd love to stay in touch with me, I I have a Facebook group called Grace Notes. I can give you the link to that. And I have a website called gracefulcoaching.net where you can also read my journey from Francesco's death right up until now on love and loss and life after loss. You'll see a whole mix of blogs there. So... It'll be my pleasure
0: to connect with you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info3pgc.org. At We'd love to hear from you knowing there is no end or limitation nor are there boundaries to the human mind have the day you deserve